0: Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. After last episode on the history and all the Svarim available on Hilchis Kitten, my mind was blown. I may have shared, maybe I should share. I took some notes, and the amount of Svarim and literature that you quoted was just beyond. We want to continue. We want to focus on one specific safer slash book. It's called the Kutzey Shel Shalyur. It was written by A. Maskil, whose name was Yalag. Rabbi Brutt will tell us what that stands for. And it was written as a vicious attack on a tremendous, tremendous, one of the G'dayli Hadar of that time, who Rabbi Brot is very into. I don't like calling him that, but one of Rabbi Brot's heroes. Um, and we're going to hear about him as well. This episode has also been sponsored anonymously. I see Rabbi Brot's chassidim like to live. So thank you to that anonymous sponsor for sponsoring this episode. Without further ado, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Bratt, what do you have in store for today?
1: Okay, so basically we are as you said, we're going to continue sort of with what we began the last episode. In the last episode we ran through um, some of the farm on Giton, especially this also focuses farm relating to the names or how to spell names. And through this episode, we're going to be able to go back to the svarm. some of those Svarim. It's going to play out in this episode, a deep dive to see what the, what the Makairis are of the Svarim. When Svarim are written on the names of Gittim, where, where were they relying on? What were their Makairis? It's going to play out in this story that we're going to discuss. And basically, the story we're going to begin is we're going to say the story very briefly, and then we're going to go into all of the various Pratim. The story is like this. There was a Jew. Um, his name was Yehuda Leib Gordon, and we're going to discuss him momentarily, and basically in 1875, he publishes, for la- uh, even though there's a better word for it, we're going to call it a poem. It's a long, long poem, but it's a story in the poem, and in the story, there's a whole story and a bunch of sub-stories relating to a couple, um, two couples actually, and um, basically what happens is, is that she's supposed to get a get, they're waiting for a get, and it comes up with the, how to spell the name Hillel. It plays out in the story, which will and we'll discuss exactly what it says in this poem, and his, what he writes as his sources for it. Um, that will be the. So that that's the story. We'll and we'll discuss more about what the story is, and then after that we'll see what he, he brought in his poem. Even he brings the, the Svarim that we mentioned last week, and we'll be able to see more about it, how it plays out with Hillel, what he was talking about. Okay, so let's go like this. Number one is, I begin with Yalag. Yalag is a person born in Vilna in the early 1830s, and he dies in 1892. Um, Bikitzer, he, um, today, um, at least in the film world, uh, many people have never heard of him, but in those days, he was beyond famous. So now the question is, how has he become famous? Basically, he was one of these people that wrote a lot. He wrote all types of stuff. He wrote poetry, and he wrote articles of all types in all the different newspapers, mostly in Hebrew, but also in Russian. At the time, he was a very big spokesperson. He had a lot to say. Um, today, we would call him a very big—he bl- would be similar to a very big blogger. He had, um You'd be a blogger, tumbling about all the different things, the hot issues of the day. Now, it doesn't mean to say that he um there were a lot of issues in those days. Just like there's always issues, and he and he spoke about it very, sometimes very uh, um, harshly. He was critical of a lot of different things um, that were going on in that period of time. Now, to just give a drop of background to understand this, like this, he was born in Vilna. I said, so now he learns by a Talmud of Reb Chaim Velazhner for the first few years. His father sends him off in Vilna. He gets tutored. He gets a tremendous knowledge of Tanakh and Diktuk. Okay. Now, we know besides for um, the various...
0: Just to clarify, he was born Shemr Shabbos he said he got knowledge of Tanakh and Diktuk.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going I'm to explain in a second. We're going to give exactly what, what's going on. So he's born in Vilna, as I said in eighteen in eighteen thirties and he is his he's from at this point his father was from and he gets a real from upbringing he goes to cheder a traditional cheder to, very good you're pointing this out it's very very important he goes to traditional cheder and he and as I said his tutor was a from a very chash of a prominent Talmud of Rebbeim Velajin that was a known tutor in the time it seems his father at that time did have a little money so he was able to send him dafka to this tutor and because of this, he got, besides for, he got a very solid early on um, education based on Talmide um, HaGroah, which was that, amongst other things, is to know Tanakh well. So he didn't just learn Chumash well, he learned Tanakh well, and he also learned the Hebrew language, Diktuk, also. Not that he didn't learn anything else, but the point was, this helped him give him a strong background, which we know the Gra held very strongly of um like the Mishnah novice, that that's where, how the education system is supposed to be. You first master Tanakh, before you're moving on to Gemara. So he gets this very strong background at a young age from a very prominent person at the time. Uh, I mean, a prominent person that knew how to tr- um, teach Talmudim very well. Okay, basically, um, there are different descriptions. Lots has A writ- lot has been written about this, this yu- Yalag. But in, in, interestingly... In in a le- he wrote a lot of letters amongst everything else that he wrote he had letters correspondences of different people, so in a letter which seems to be that he's like being very pessimistic about people that write autobiographies I guess the guy asked him to give him his life history so he in a cynical way he was a very cynical person he gives his autobiography of his early years but it's also been. Um, it, in other places also, it seems that this is all true. So he talks about what I just mentioned, that he gets this learning. Um, he, gets, he's, he's a, he learns Tanakh very well, but he also learns Gemara very, very well for many years. What I mean many years is, let's say, from the age of nine. Um, he says that at the age of 13, he already finished the very well, um, and he knew hundreds of black Gemara. They thought he was going to be a great guy supposedly the person that raised him as a little kid met him later on in life and she saw him. She, and she, and he, he, at that time, he was already a famous poet and writer. And she's all upset saying, we thought you're going to be a goggle and this is what you become, um, you know, poet and everything. And he's like, he's all proud of himself that he became a poet and everything. Anyway, make a long story short. He has a, he, what the significance over here is he has a bring, upbringing in, when by time he's 17, he basically has finished Shast, He's learned in yeshivas and everything like all like many other uh, not yeshivas but in the klezmer and the various places in Vilna so he has a f- so what's important over here is that and it's not always emphasized is he has a real background which a lot of times maskilim did not necessarily have real backgrounds especially um he has a serious background in learning and that's how we, he and he enhances it by learning other languages and everything but he knew tanakh very well and he was very good with languages and he knew he, at least he learned at one point in his life, shas. Um, and the point is, with that, he was able to you he's using this in his various writings when he's attacked. He's a learned person. Uh, again, learned is obviously relative. He's not. A, we're not talking about that he's a Adam Gadol, or he, going up against the Gadol, such as the person he's going up against a lot of the times, is Rebbeis Vizchai Stern, but he's a knowledgeable person. He's not Amoritz. That's the key words. He's not Amoritz because sometimes you'll say, eh, what do I have to say? So he's able to... It makes it much worse. He's an evil. In a way, these type of people are much worse because they're educated, so they know how to find what to harp on and then they could make a whole thing from that. So anyway, there's a lot to discuss about Haskalah at that time, Haskalah of Vilna as opposed to Haskalah of Germany. What well, the difference is that we're not trying to conquer Kalaterukula of this Suggia and this era in such a short period of time in this short episode. We're just trying to give a small taste. The point I'm trying to bring out is he was a learned person. That's all. Now, Eventually, he gets exposed to Kaskala, um, like the typical story which happened to many, many people in Lita, hiding various literatures. On, he's exposed to the earlier Maskilim and Vilna, which many of them were actually from Shimer Taira Mitzvah's people at the time, The first gener- especially the first generation of Maskilim and Vilna. He was also exposed to this through a brother-in-law. His sister married a guy that was sitting and learning for a bunch of years. This guy was also learned, but he was—he already had a a Pesach. He was getting involved with these early masculim, and what they were doing is they would be hiding literatures of different things under their gemara, and the story that you always hear about is a a typical story, also plays out with him. Anyway, point is, he gets exposed to everything, but the difference between him and many others is he becomes famous, one of the most famous people in that period of time. For the next 50, 60 years, he's one of the people, all the newspapers, he's always getting involved with, with everything. Okay, now, now, when I say a poem, when he writes a poem, so, you know, you think like this boring little poem, you know, sometimes when you read poems, depending on your education, so you're like, okay, I don't even understand the word, what this, what this poet is even trying to say here, in this poet, it's very well written, it gives a very good portrayal of life at the time, Um and Bichlal, it's using. He's a, he's a person that's growing up in, in Vilna and Lita, so he's very, he knows. He's not like talking about something that didn't happen, or whatever. He knows the background. He knows all the different men hug him, and everything's being thrown in to this piece that he uses over here, and many other pieces of his. And it's not a short little poem. It, it, there's a version on the internet one can find. It. it if, with the English translation, it's—I mean, obviously, it's big letters, but it's many—it's pa- it, many pages to publish. If someone wants to print out the whole story, the whole this whole poem, because it's really a story with all different things, it's—it's it's long, and we're not going to discuss all the different aspects. There are actually books written on this, articles written on this. This has been discussed for years and years. This made it basically made him once he published this poem in 1875 in the pretty much evil—I would call it evil—journal called Hashachar. He he, it, it's been discussed endlessly, um, endlessly, endlessly. Now, um, now there's a person that devoted a lot of time wrote a book called "For Whom Do I Toil?" Judah Leave Gordon and the Crisis of Russian Jewry. Michael Strelauisky. So he wrote a whole fancy book a bunch of years back. Mamish, Yiddish, everything about Gordon and all his writings. He went through in Hebrew, Yiddish, and Russian. Also, anyway, basically he um, talks about. Well, Meckitzer's um, point is. We don't get we won't read the quotes, but the point is that this poem becomes a very, very everyone's reading it now. And I'm gonna quote more I'm gonna give you a background of what the story is in a second. But the point is he's using it to discuss life in Litta, very vivid, and he's also discussing a problem at the time, which is the plight of the woman. To, um, you know, women weren't educated at this period of time in the 1870s, so he's harping on that aspect, throwing that in, how hard it is for women, for from women, how they got to do everything, and he's also harping on, you know, her, the, the, in the story, this lady... She's a she's a very special lady. She gets married to a Matsuyin at the time. Her, her father wants her to marry Matsuyin, who ends up going to learn Valashan for a few years. So everyone's like all jealous of her. And you could see from all different things, he's harping on, he's trying to poke at in a cynical way, making fun of the way of life that was going on. But he's using it in what he calls Lashem Shamayim because he's trying to bring out the plight of the lady. One of the ways that Maskelem were very fond of, um, and a lot of it sparked from this poem actually is to harp on the the shvera sugya which paiskim w- lost sleep over and and anyone familiar with the world of Allah and the sugya vagunas this is a, a terrible situation how to be Mater agunas and all the different situations that they f- that they found themselves over the years it's it's a complex sugya so he being the critical i guess we'll use evil but I, i'm not going to say evil because in some way he was he he had some good intentions with it, but the point is that he's harping on these things that he's a learned person knows about to bring out this point of the of, of the uh, how a woman could become an aguna even from where a get was actually given. Okay, so now what's the story? What does he say basically? Now, um, basically this this someone gets involved. It turns out that this husband ran away. He's living in Liverpool, and so a man gets involved in Vilna. He pays off. It turns out her husband's willing to give a get if she pay if he pays a few hundred a few hundred dollars. So he does that without her knowing. So again, obviously he's trying to bring out a point with that aspect. Gets They're waiting for the get to come. And basically he and I think the point was he was going to marry. He's going to end up marrying this woman after she gets the get. He was a from yid. They're just waiting for a get. What happens? So the way the story goes, in, as um, Yalag writes, be <laughs> harishon the Rav and his Dayanim are waiting. They open up the letters to, get, to see the get, that everything should be written properly waiting from Liverpool. Fine, the shliach comes, and then what happens? What goes wrong? Hold on. What goes wrong is I lost the paper. Hold on, yeah. Bikitzer, they check, and they see how the word Hillel is spelled. And it says like this. The get is... Hillel is spelled without a yud. So the Dayan... One Dayan, who's a Makubul, this is how um, Yalag writes it, Makubel Yedei Achein, Hichlit that, Alpihaari, Ha'ari, Ki Hillel Nechtiv Chaser, that's the right way, so she's a, it's a good get. Gamasheni. the other Dayan says, Alpi HaBedek HaBayis, Amar also the Bedei says, Hillel is spelled with Chaser over here. Vishneum Yud, item Ki get Kosher, everything's kosher V'yoshher. Ach, Rav, Vofsi, Hichlit, Ki Hillel Mole, no! Hillel is spelled with, Hey, Yud, Lamed, Lamed. So, Kidas Hazam al This is a this is a line from Yalag. I'll pee the Zam and the Sam. Who's the Zam and the Sam? The of And he said, the get puzzle. And the point was, this husband just died in a boat accident right before. So if this get would have been good, it would have been great. So he couldn't even go get a new get to write Hello, I'll be this thing, tragic story, blah blah blah. Okay, fine. But the point is, what's in the key thing is what a, this learned Moscow brings in the middle, Harizal, the Badeka, and the Zam and the Sam. i the shochan Okay? Now, so we'll get, um, shortly, um, we'll get back to that. The point is, the, the, the rabbi that he's sort of making fun of, he admitted it openly and everything was Taliyid, Rabbi Zachary Stern. So, who's Rabbi Zachary Stern? That we'll discuss him briefly right now, and then we'll get back to the story of how to spell Hila. So, Rabbi Yisrael Zechary Stern Mamish is this, out the same age. He's born the same time as Yalag, 1831-1903. He he lives a little longer than Yalag, and he's a great great guy. His father was a great guy, and his father seems to be his main rabbi. His father dies young. Anyway, he marries the daughter of R' Mordechai Yafi R' Yafi is one of the Talmidim of Hakim of Rabbi Yitzchak and a great guy in his own right. Anyway. The kids are eventually he's a Rav. He gets he becomes a Rav at 20, which is not so common. But by the age of 30, he gets a Shtelar in Shavell, and he remains the Rav there for 40 years. It's very unheard of for a Rav to become the Rav in a, a city like Shavell. It's one of the biggest, it's a city, it's not a Shtetala. And he's there for 40 years. Um, basically, he had a miserable life there. They weren't happy with him. He wasn't happy with them. But he stayed there. He, he was mamish in poverty the whole time. There's documented articles about... Um, how miserable it was for him over there, with the salaries, the, the various fights that he had with the different people in the kahilas, and he was a very sick person. He health wise, he was very. He most of the time had to be confined to his bed. Um, he wasn't able to down with the in the in the minyanim giving shiurim all the time, but he was available to answer questions, and he and he definitely answered questions as we're going to see in a moment. Now, this. So just first to discuss Rabbi Zechariah for a minute, and then we'll discuss some eyewitness accounts with him, and then we'll get to um, and move on. Basically this, Rabbi Zechariah turn is beyond, beyond prolific. Already at the young age, he publishes a safer on Ha'aris on, um, on Shas, not on all of Shas, mostly Ma'id Masechtas, but I suspect he also wanted to show that he's not just a Ma'id guy. He throws in a, bun, um, a nice amount of material on Yavamas. This safer is his first publication when he's very young, and um, and basically, people that look at it were blown away at the time. And I'm going to explain to you why they were blown away. But just to note, Rabbi Yaakov Gazuntai, the author of the Tverus Yaakov, who we spoke about in the early in the first episode of Masechotas Gitim Bechlau, or in the great Kadaylum of the time, he was not the type of person that praised people so fast. He writes, he, he speaks to him, he sees him, he says, he's blown away by his Harifus Ubekius Biyama Talmud, Bavli Sefta in the Chuvis Kadmaya Basrai. Now just understand this is no exaggeration. This was a person that was a walking encyclopedia, knew everything published at the time, and you follow and you read Dov Beresh uh, Meisels, a great guy in himself, worthy of his own discussion. He says, I spoke to this Rebbe Zechariah. I'm blown away by him. And it seems he had many more askamas in his svarim, but he didn't publish them. Whatever reason. Anyway, he writes on everything. Literally on everything. In the So much so that uh, he, a problem that many people had in general is you could write a lot, but you need to get funding. This is a problem out of you. You have to find, you could write as much as you want, but you got to get funding to uh, publish what you have. So he was always looking for someone to publish, to fund his materials in the back of his chuvus so he puts out four volumes on Arheim. he's successful in publishing it so at the back of one point he gives a list of what he has Aras on and he's willing to give it away for free, whoever's willing to publish it in their own svarim, what's the topics you have to hear this list, he goes hagoyis al shas bavli, daf al daf, that means on every page he has Aras, yushalmi mishnayiz teisefta bahag then he has special, long tirus, Then he has Yeridea, Rambam, Sefer, Mitzvah, Kaldal, Chalkish, and has Then he has a Hebrew about Halachas that are important for Pisgim. Then he has Ha'oros on all of Medrash. Medrash Rabbah, Tanchumash, Echart, Toiv, Tehillim, Mishle, Medrash, Shmuel, Psikta, Tuvia Medrash Tadshay, Tandibelio, Lambez, Midus and the Arch. This is all him talking. Then he says, I have a Chibur on Tzugius, Echolia, Shas. And in this, I have a whole Chibur about the Shemais, more than 160 names that I got from all different places in Shasta and up all types of steers. Besides all this, I have a Chibur God on all of Tanakh. Al-Pi I have hagoyis on the Maron of Uchem, Ikrim, the Bechinus Olam, and other Svarim. I have hagoyis on the Sef Hasidim, Mifcha, Pninu, Shirim, Shemim, gabriel. You get the point. Piyutim, Kachim, Tyrus, Shemag whatever you want. But Ketzer, this guy has Ha'aris and Tyrus on everything. Now, so you'll say he's exaggerating. Let me tell you, my friend, you spend five minutes with any two pages in any of his svarim, and you will see something you never saw in your life before, what he's bringing the literature from literally everywhere in Kala tairakula He knows everything. He knows Aschala literature also. He knows every newspaper article at the time. It's like he read an article, he was able to quote it. The stories go that when the Meichir Svarim will come... <laughs> Um, to sell Swaram in Shavel. So sometimes he would look at a safer and then he would go to the guy. Here's the money. So he'd say, okay, here take the safer. He goes, No, 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 I finished the safer. I don't need the safer, but I but I read your safer, so I have to pay you money for it. And this happened not once, not twice. And you could see it's clear that he had a, a complete total recall from his stuff. It seems at one point there was a fire, and the fire destroyed a lot of his stuff. He rewrote it. Now, a lot of it, Bar Hashem survived. And it's in different places, but Mechony we have to give them unbelievable credit. Many years ago, and this Tshuva Sefer is going to play a significant tale story. They published from he publishes only Dalal Archaim. What about the rest of Shochanar? So, Evinazer Mechony Yerushalayim published many years ago. What are these Tshuvas called? Tshuva Zeicher Yosef. and and then more recently they redid the Arichayim Tshuvas, and then they read and then they published for the first time from manuscript Yareded. So first. Evanezer is from manuscript Archaim they did with new materials and, and Yerodeah is all new material so they, they printed the five volumes of this great guy he also wrote on Haggadah shal it was published fascinating Haggadah he has on the, on the Megillus unbelievable and he's holding in everything what I mean is he knows history he knows every I I, I, I have lists just of the Svarim that he quotes it's just, every time I look at it, I'm like oh my gosh he knows this he knows that everything anyway um, point is one of his most unique chiburim was something called Meimer Taluches This is a mind-blowing work to die to learn. It's published in the back of the four, his volume, the fourth volume on Aruchim. For some reason, Mechon Ishlaim didn't want to reprint it. I, I suspect there's a few reasons behind it. I actually spoke to them trying to get them to to do it. Maybe they would do it. In the end, they don't think they're going to do it. It's a lot of time to do. I have a chaloyim to do such a thing, but my chaloyim is a greater chaloyim. And that relates, again, I'm going to see how it plays out in our story. He used to write in the newspapers at the time, pages and pages, like all different issues, and he wrote Tyrus. So I always wanted to collect all the materials that are found in these newspapers. And i are talking about hundreds and hundreds of articles. So a few years back, a professor took on a certain topic, which we're going to discuss very shortly, some of it, a few hundred pages, and it was published. Um, this is not found in your local farm store, so I just have to show the picture. It's called... Here, this fellow, this academic, his name is Yudah Freelander, Barilam Press publishes it, went and got, at least in one sugya, a numerous, numerous newspaper articles that Rabbi Yosef Zacharias Stern wrote in defense against the maskilum, which we'll discuss momentarily. Point is beyond prolific. Okay, now, so why does he pick Rabbi Yosef Zacharias Stern? So this is um, a question which Halavai we had a great answer. It seems he knew him. He didn't like him. Uh, maybe there was even a personal story that 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 because of the personal story um, that bothered him. Because it's, it's unclear why he chose Rabbi Yosef Zichari Stern. At least that's what a lot of the people that discussed the topic um, said. This. One of the academic, not academic, but a very fine collection of material on Rabbi Yitzchak is from a Yid Rabiner. and he wrote he wrote uh, of all different materials relating to Rabbi Yitzchak So, um, the kids are, It seems that at one point they asked, they they asked uh, Yalad, did you mean Rabbi Yitzchak Yes. Yes. Um, why? Okay, he didn't give a good answer. He asked him. And not only that they asked him, you know that basically High Stern is not the way you're portraying him, and he said, "Yeah, so, so why did you pick High Stern to make fun of?" So he said, "A poet doesn't write history, so he was admitting, so to speak, that it doesn't not everything has to be accurate so so even though the life that he's portraying and the issues he's trying to bring out and not only that, we're gonna see the sources he's using about the spelling of Hillel is accurate, but the goggle the story didn't happen." So that's part of what uh, a novel writer, so to speak, is, and this is a novel in the sort of a poem. So he was admitting it, but but the point is something triggered that he did not like. Rebbez Zuchay Stern. I think the answer is very simple. Be, uh, just, it just was, and I basically just alluded to it. Rabbi Stern was was one of the in, You See, it's, there's different approaches how to deal with evil people with Maskilim, and when I mean these Maskilim, I'm going to explain to you why they're evil. Some of these Maskilim, especially at this time, they wrote in the newspapers, the newspapers was becoming a very big thing at this period of time and they would attack Yiddish openly, viciously. Now who's reading newspapers? Everyone. You say they're the blogs of those days. So these maskilim would take, some of them will learn it, they would take certain things and they would write you know, a few different pieces. And now if you have a regular Joe Schmo with not a proper learning or not a you know, he reads this article, he doesn't know that this guy might be making up something or who knows what. And he could get it, it could cause tremendous um the, the fallout could be terrible. So there's different approaches. So sometimes you'll find that gdolum say, We don't say anything, we don't get involved, we're not gonna help anything anyway. You do at that time the gdolum, many gdailum felt yes to answer them. And there was an attack in those years, starting in 1869, one of the great maskilim at that time. Um, when I say great, I don't mean that he was a great person. He was just a famous maskil. Also someone that was originally yeshiva trained, but I don't think he was anything close to, as good as Gordon, but also a vicious person. His name is Maisha Lillenbaum. And Maisha Lillenbaum literally sits and attacks Shulchan Aruch and Halacha with tons of examples for pages and pages in newspapers. So the rabbi said, no, 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 no. We're going to respond. Who was one of the main people that responded to this fight, Rabbi Yosef Stern. And he vi- answers him viciously. Now, the problem is that if you see how Rabbi Yosef Stern writes and you're a regular Amaretz, you're not going to really understand Rabbi Yosef Stern's answer because he's just throwing kala, taira, kula all over the place. Little by him understood, but, and it, the intellectuals understood, but the muscul- the, the regular Joe Schmoe was reading it. He's like, look, the rabbis were attacked about this minig, that it's baloney or whatever, which is a lot of times what happens. When the when the uneducated read, get involved in the playing field, so it becomes the mikfanis and the the tumul and the shul and the rabbi doesn't know what he's talking about. Anyway, the kids of the rabbi, the rabbanim at the time got involved and they wrote major responses. And and I think that was one of the reasons he was really picking on him. Now, but it happens to be that Yalag wrote a ton and he attacked plenty of Rabbanim. And he, he attacked he attacked the raise the turn in another place. And he is in this in one of his essays. He attacks a bunch of rabbanim, and he gives a bunch of different stories and different things bothered him. The Lamashal, there was a there's a whole dean about kitnius. Kitnius always played out in Klal Yisrael, but there were times that literally people didn't have what to eat, and still certain rabbanim were very bad. For whatever reasons, this is a very complex sugya which is worthy to go through a different time. He was very he was fire against in certain periods of time people were almost dying, so he would write in the press. And he wasn't the only machshel; they really led battles. Fighting what's going on at the time. Okay. Anyway, like long story short. So this Rabbi Yisachar Stern is this um, um, this tremendous gain um and sadly, um, what's his name? Yalag decides to pick on him in this thing that basically becomes very famous with him. Now, I'm just going to quote three three um, sources about this, and then we'll get into how to spell hill to go further into the story. So first of all. Lamashal, um, um, the three He has a piece, a beautiful piece somewhere in um, one of his articles where he talks about, he says, Lamaisa, Rabbi Isa Zachariah Stern, who won out? He says, Pashat, who's more famous today? No one knows who Yalag is. Whereas Rabbi Isa Zachariah Stern, going Nifla, he, everyone knows, you look at his Svarim, Adayim, he's the man, and Yalag, no one heard of, no one's Isaac in him today, which is true. Pretty much, I'm saying if you take a poll, not that many people know who Yalag is. Okay, that's number one. Number two is, is that fascinating encounter, and this gives a little, just, um, I'm just quoting it because it gives a little bit about um, a live account of Rebais Zichari's term. and there are many, but this one is like this. There's a Yid Ben Sin Dinar, we're not going to get into him, but he learned in tells, basically, and then he, becomes, he goes off and he becomes a, a professor in Hebrew University. Kitzer, when he's leaving tells on the way, so in those days, they would go visit Gedalim on the way, you know, just to see. So he goes with his brother to visit, and they pop in by Rezich Haistern. And I told you Rezich Stern was a youth that was sick, and he didn't really speak to people. He barely died with minion and everything. But they decided they're going to get in. And he told the people around him, please let us in to see into turn. And Lema it seems he, they caught him in a good mood. Where are you coming from? He says, from tells. So he goes, okay, what shear did he learn? So he says "So he says to them, so what did you learn? There? What did you learn? Did you learn any gemara? Obviously he's making fun of because um, okay, now, then he says, how many gemaras, did, how much, how many black did you learn in your life? He's obviously making fun of because it's known. Yeshiva Bachem, a lot of times they learn more Biyun." Mm-hmm. So, so they said, no, we learned a lot. Now, he didn't want to say that he learned a lot. It happens to be Ben-Sin Dinar learned a crazy amount, over a thousand blot. But he did not want to discuss that. I guess possibly he was scared that maybe Rezekiah is going to start to feher. Anyway, um, Kitsar, they have a whole conversation, and they start talking in And then he asks him, do you look at all the Masarius asha's when you're learning? Um um, then it somehow comes up, did you learn the Ddham? did you learn the with Iran? okay the whole time and, and and he he makes fun of them again for being iciland and excise, anyway, but they said um he ends up um they end up talking a lot and learning, he's very happy with them, and the point was that the, the people around him were very impressed. He said Rabbi Zechari Stern was usually very sick and he's very schwach, but at Zechari he felt he wanted to give chizik to these yeshiva bachram. So he was in a good mood and he, they had a great time, they had a great conversation and it had a major impact on his Ben and dinar. And so much so he said that when he read the Kutzeh Yud of Yalag, he felt very bad because he saw Rabbi Zechari Stern live and he saw that it's not true at all. Rabbi Zechari Stern is not that rough. But we're going to see soon how far baloney yalag was in this prat with Rabit Zukaristan. Okay. I guess one last Prat about this with um with uh, with with the Kutzish al Yud is I mentioned already a few times that I was able to publish a work collected all the writings of a yid Mysha Rainis, the son of Rabitsuck Rainus who died sadly at the age of 20. I, I spent time and I published, collected his many writings. This young 20-year-old wrote, you could see this amount of material, and more by the time he was 20. I collected it from all over, all over the world, different places, stuff that was published in newspapers, and uh, letters that were in different archives. Anyway, but Kitzer, he writes, he also was very busy dealing with the, the clash of scholars, any good from scholars, bad from scholars, not for now. And he writes also that even though the Kutzeh Shalyud, it hurts when you read it, but there's a lot of Fascinating information in in the Kutzeshol Yud, and he actually has letters with Gordon, which I published here that I found. And in these letters, sorry, in these letters, he um, you could see that. Already at that time, this is a Saif Yama of, of Gordon, which he's—he's—it sounds like he's not from, but he says in Deus, we might be similar, but Avada not from Kite. Uh, um, is writing about himself that I'm um, um, Machbed on Kol tag of Shulchan Arach, Okay. Anyway, um, okay. So now, so first, so we've given some type of very rough um, portrait portrait of these two figures. Obviously, it's a lot. Behind him, a lot to discuss more, but we're not trying to do as I said already. So now what is that I'm trying to do is the story. What What's the sources for... I said he quotes uh, Rizal, the Bedek the Zam, and the Sam. What's the sources for um, Yalag in this poem? Okay. So last time we mentioned like this, that there's various chiburim on Hilchus Gittim. So if one opens up the Shulchan Aruch and you want to know how do you spell Hillel? So it says like this, it's often a Sif Ches and Semen Kuf Chaf Tes. Mishay The Ramah brings down the Okay. So it sounds like from the Ramah you could here either way, and uh, brings down a yesh The Yesh that you should write it with you should write it mali. Now, everyone knows when you want to learn the Machavr, what do you do? You open up the base Yosef. It says in base Yosef, he says, matasi I found the yesh the kaisvai mali biyod, even though the besaifer shayftim it says in Posik avdun ben hillel, and it says over there in the Messairah, it says it's the lashan is like this. I'm a sir's kasaf, she Sham less. So he's bringing down a source. And what's the source? So it turns out last week, and I'm going to explain what it says in the source also. Um, I'm not just going to read it. We last week we said Hilchas Gittin, the father of Hilchas Gittin, so to speak, of these type of pratim was a Yid, Rabbi Yaakov Margolis. The Ramah based a lot of his material off the Sefer, quoting even quoting summations at the end of in Hilchas Gittin, uh, calling it the Sefer of Rabbi Yaakov Margolis, and this is the go-to Sefer for, for the starting point in all the sparm. Now, does the Beis Yosef have the Sefer? It seems pretty much that he does not. Somehow he had this piece. What date over here? So it says hello in the Sefer. You you spell it hello Now the Sefer. Seder Haget had another part Yamshas Shleima, and over there there's a haga, and haga is quoted from the Maril, and it goes like this: How do you spell Hillo? Malay or Chaser? with a Yud without a Yud? So. So now, this gets to the heart of the topic that we're talking about. How does any paisik in those days, how did they learn, know how to spell something? Right now, we have a here in Shulchan Aruch, right? The Beis the says, Yesh Mishai Mashiach Tukaisu Mali Yod. Okay, so what do you do? So obviously, we have a book called Tanach. So we open up our Tanakh to see if we could find anywhere where it says, Hello. So we find there's a pasuk and Shiftem, parak yud bays pasuk yud gimel, and then again in Pasik Tesfath. It says, "A ben How is it spelled? So you open up your standard thing. It says Hillel Chasser. So what happens? Maril says the Maril brings down. It says b'shem the Maril and this Haga from Yakim Agolus b'shef b'shef a Shiftem natsina Hillel Okay, great. So that's how you would say. You should spell it. Always chaser. Often a pasuk and shayftim. What more do you need? But there's a thing called a mesairah. Okay? This causes problems. And because of that, all hillels should be spelled with a yud. This pasuk and shayftim is chaser. Obviously, what am I talking about? Mesairah. what, 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 What happens? I'm saying Chinese. I'm going to get to this and explain this more in a second. So basically, what comes out from this Rebbe Akiva How would you spell Hillel based on this Maril, Mole? Then he goes on and says like this: Remez Hillel B'saif Achumish Meisha Kol How do we? There's a Remez how to spell Hillel from the end of the Tyra. What does it say at the end of the tire? Le'eni Kol Yisrael. Saif Tevays Hillel B'yud. Wow. Um, Also, it says So you're seeing that there's there's one raya is based on the Masairah, which we're going to explain what that means in a second. Another raya is this funny type of Ramazim that Litvak would say this is what you hear in a Hasidic attire this is going to be the way you're going to pass in a get, how to spell a get. Very strange. Okay, we open up, um, but the point is, as I state in Rabiakim I'm
0: sure those who are learning Daf may have heard the whole source for twelve lines in a get it comes from like Taisus on the first Daf, the Get, the twelve lines get is gematria twelve. Taisus has another pshat that's the amount of space between all the how they're separated which with varem, four lines between the three separations of twelve. So, correct. we see yes. this connection already. In right.
1: geth. Is, is, it, are you, is The Shiloh, which also plays out over there, is it going to passel again. Over here, we're seeing that we're going to go add to the passel again. that's spelled a little wrong because of such a type of thing. Okay. Now, it's fascinating. Now, now, the Beis Yosef, so we said the Beis Yosef brings down Matzasi Kasuf. So it's a Maril. Um, how he had the Maril, I don't have the answer to. No one no one has an answer for that question. But he had it somehow. Then he says in his Vedek HaVayis What's that? That's how Aros that he later incorporated, the that he had after publishing. Ain't varim nearly. It's wrong. adra Misham Raya da'achipirushay Les Hillel B'mikra Kim Zev. A'idir Chaser V'Kal Mishpatoi. That the that Gufa from this Pasuk we learn there's no other Hillels, and the way one should spell it is Hasr. Like it is over there. I mean to say, there's a Dion had to understand the Masaira. Okay, so I keep on saying the word Masaira, without further ado. Let me just give a drop of background, then we can understand the, the more of the story. Let me. I apologize, it's with the pages floating all over the place. Okay, like this. So there is a nice called Masayra, and we're not going to, we're not attempting today, right now, in these few minutes left, to discuss, go through all the aspects of what the Messiah is. We're just going to quote a Basically, is this is from Yisrael Yabin, one of the world experts of the past generation of the Messiah What is it? He says like this: Masayri Marechas Hayrois Mosheis Al Turas Ksivas How do you preserve the tirah? How do we know the exact way How to spell everything? Everything in the Torah. Over the centuries, how is it preserved that we have it but the way it was all the way back? Kedusha and how do all the tliei tlie halachas from kol tag How was this preserved? The answer is through the Messiah. There was a special listing and they would tell us, let's say Hillel had to spell Hillel. And many such things. David is David with a Yud. And in Gittin, turns out that one has to have major knowledge of Messiah. And that's the way. If you're, you're if if the word has it in the Messiah, you find it in Tanakh, you have to obviously know Tanakh. You open up your Tanakh and you would see Vat Tutzach, how it's spelled there. Now, fine. Great. So so now, but what's coming out is that there's a machlake is how to learn the Messiah. This is how the Messiah wasn't such an open-shut sugya. As a matter of fact, if you go over to Yid today and you say, I want to learn the Messiah. I want to see the Messiah. What's it even referring to? Not so easy. You're not going to be able to get a good answer to that question. And we're not we're going to discuss a little bit about this, but um, we're not gonna have a good answer for that now. That's its own separate episodes, not Nege. But the point is over here, you're seeing right away. That the way Rabbi Yaakov Margolis is bringing down Bashem and Maril, one way how to understand the Messiah, and the Besides is coming out a completely different way how to understand these two words in the Masaira. Do And what's coming out is that do we learn from the Messiah you spell Hilachaser or Male? That's how um, Shver it is in these two words, it could go either way. Fine. Make a long story short, there's a lot to say, um, as he said, a lot of Ramazim. Now, let's look at the, the marshal marshal. So we said the Yamshul shleima is published later on, so it couldn't play a role at this time, but actually here it does. He says like this. He says, on one hand, I find Hillel Malay. Another place, it says Hillel Chaser. And then he brings Sefer Shaifdim, And he says, then he says like this, maybe you'll tell me you could bring a Raya from the Gemaras, how it spells Hillel, and we'll get back to that also. He says, no, you can't bring a Raya from Tfus. We'll discuss that more soon. Then he brings down this whole discussion that we brought down from Yaakov He has it from a Maril um, had learned the Pshat in the in the um, in the Masair relating to Pasha Shavtem. Uh, sorry, Shavtem in the Navi. Okay, and he and he also rather brings down the other Ruzin that we said that I said some some cynical say it sounds like Hasid Shatir. Okay, so Marshal also bringing it down. Anyways, Bikitsar, as you go through all the Piskim, you'll see everyone's bringing this down. Um, the Beishmuel, just to quote the Beishmuel, the Beishmuel, like you like said, the Beishmuel has, he's, he became the go-to safer. What happened is that he used previous literature that was out there. Um, he got um, and and he, and then he made like sort of an encyclopedia and you'll see in Shulchan Aruch after in Simon Kuf Chav a listing of how to spell all the names and he writes his sources so we'll read the entry of Hillel. He says how do you spell Hillel? Be Yud Kifish Apostol B'Sholchan Aruch El M'Kain, D'Yesh Le'Kabbalah L'Chtov unless you have a Kabbalah that you spelled your name Hillel Chassar. Then he says U'B'Sefer Shemois the D'Yesh L'Chtov Chassar the Sefer Shema says, you should write a chaser. The heavy ra'ya mi hilol yom v'shneim shema whatever, this is above my pay grade. Um, and kitsari somehow has some Kabbalistic thing from rezal, and basically he says, you should write it chaser. Then he brings down the Tamarit says like this, and the Beis Yosef and bedek habayis, and then he says, this is the Beishmul, Hazam v'sham, so he says, so first he's bringing, the Be'i is bringing from Shulchan he He's bringing from the Marit, from the Be'i from the Sefer Shema. He's the Arizal one way, and then he says, nope. But the Yisa later, came, the Zam and the Sam and the Taz say, What's going on? What's going on in Koli Yapsak? Okay, but now, who is the Zam and the Sam? So, if you remember last week, one of the earliest sources that the, that the was a Makar for the Beishmul was a Sefer Zichar Maisha. Talmud Muvak of who? The Ramon de Marshall. So in his Sefer on Chumash, on Rashi, in Pasch Seitse he puts in an encyclopedic list of names and he paskins like that. So he's earlier than the Sefer Mois, and he brings down to, to write it like that. So he wants to paskin like him. U-Bisam, who's the Sam? So he said, if you open up your Aruch, there's a, the Seder Gitten of Remichel. Dying under Taisis Yantis Bezdin. so these later they went like that. So that's why. So Paskin's like who these later sources that he had from, um, and you basically should write it Mali But what's fascinating is you see here, some people would say, one second, let's read this carefully. He, he's going against a Rizal and the Beis Yosef and the Marit for these three people. So obviously this is a much greater question. Not, not we're not going to go into right now. Now. As I said, Hilchas Gitten, and we said this last time, has endless amounts of material. Turns out, this topic, the amount that one can write on just how to spell Hillel, Mashunadik. There's another Maril. Up till now, we're calling the Maril one way. There's not a Maril, but this Maril only came to light in the 70, 1970s from manuscript. And it seems to be completely differently, um, not like the way the Maril, a different Mamash and Andish, but also handling the same Pesukim and Shaiftim. Now, what's going on? It turns out like this. You open up your Shulchan You're looking at your Shulchan very carefully. And everyone knows there's a Yid on the Shulchan The Vilna Gain. It has a safer called the Bir Hagra. That he's referring to the Psaq of Rabiak of Margolis based on B'Shem the Maril that he's brought down on the pages of the and the Bir based on the Potsegan Shaiftim, where someone wanted to bring a riot from Masaira, says the Vilna Gain, He doesn't have a blasted clue about the Sugya of Masaira. He doesn't know how to read the Masaira. And then he says, the Vilna Gain says, you have, to learn, you have to learn ripe shot and how to read the Masaira. And the Grub makes a suggestion and says how to read it. And then he says even further, um he says he has a different point it's always chaser. And then he says, Okay. Basically, the Vilna Gain says like the like the of Who? The Bedekabaias, which was you gotta understand how to read the you're reading the Mesira wrong and what? It's chaser. Now, then the Vilna Gawain, what makes the Vilna in the Vilna He says like this. It talks about Hillel also. And over there we see Taka, that Hillel is spelled Chasser. What, what does this mean? So I said you have to have a vast knowledge of Tanakh. So you open up your Tehillel, Perak, Yud, Pasa, Gimel. Over there it says Kihilel, Rasha. And over there, Taka, the Mesira, it says that that's how it's spelled, with a Hillel, with Chaser. So this is the Psakh, the So we see here, the Villegoin not first of all he's saying a very sharp thing you have to know how to read the target the Messiah is saying I do he's suggesting that there's a mistake it happens to be if you'll open up your work wherever work you have so I was using my um 15 from the 1500s where the first place where the Messiah was published there's nothing in sha there so it's interesting over here. This whole deal of how to spell Hillel about Shaiftin that the Pis can bring him down. in our Masaira, as far as we have from printed, doesn't even exist. Anyway, fine. But the Vulning says, but we have a Masaira Khtana. Also, this which relates to the same as the same type of Hebrew whatever, I'm not getting into differences. And over there it says, often him to Hillim, that it's spelled Hillel Chaser. Okay. Obviously, there's two other psukim. There's a pasuk in Yeshayo. There's a pasuk in Zechariah, where Hillel is spelled with the Yud. Okay, we're not, as I said, I'm not going into over here. There's a fascinating Mount Samar There's the, um, there's a beautiful piece in the Get Pasha. There's a fascinating I said the Maril. There's the a Rebekah Vemden. I, I can't, I have Rachmanus on everyone, but I can't list out everything. Okay, so now I just want to deep, so now we're going to go back to explaining Yalag, a few more, um, and to get closer to the end. It's like this. So now we understand. When he's talking about the Arizal, we know the Be'i Shmuel brought in the Arizal. Where's the source of the Arizal from the Be'i Shmuel? We're going to discuss in a minute. The B'edek now we know. And now we know what the Rosh HaTavah Zam V'asam is. The Zam is the zikr Moshe, and the Sam is the Sefer, Seder Gitun of Rebbe Michal. Seder Michal. Okay, so basically, we identified who Yalag was referring to in this poem of his in the farm on Hilchas Gittin that he's referring to. And Amir um time has run out. So we have Rahmanis. We're just going to clarify briefly a few points related to this in the next episode. And to, to conclude with what Rabbi Yehseh Stern held about this topic, because we're going to see how full of baloney Yalag was really. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. That was a fascinating episode. Teaching us about people, good people, bad people in previous generations. And we're looking forward to more on the next episode. And the new safer, what's with the new safer? We'll do that in the next episode.
1: Amir Amir because it relates to the what we're gonna talk about.
0: Okay, looking forward to part two on Yalag and La Havdil Ries of turn.